Hello, friends. It's Leo from the Dose Wellness Show. Join me today on Brony Studio and on Spotify as I traverse through the world of well-being, speaking to students, academics, and people of all walks of life as they share the stories of overcoming hurdles to create the ideal life. Catch me every Friday with a new guest, a new story, and new perspectives. Hope you enjoy. Today we've got Mark, a sports and performance psychologist who works at ANU. We will discuss about things students at uni seek help with psychologically, managing anxiety, stress, dealing with grief, and performance pressure. We'll discuss about how to overcome some typical university hurdles. Today we've got Mark in the studios. So Mark, tell us about yourself. Uh, So my background is I started doing physical education and I finished that degree and then uh, I thought I might teach to begin with, so I did teaching and I quickly realised I wanted to do sports psychology. So I did psychology study part-time to get a psychology degree and then at the end of that, Uh, I had trouble getting work in sports psychology purely in the 80s and I started to work in TAFE in Western Australia and work in career education and personal counselling and educational counselling. And then I did a whole lot of corporate jobs working in outplacement, seeing people in career transition and then I ended up back in the university sector after working with some elite athletes, elite musicians and some other theatre arts people. Yeah, that sounds really diverse and exciting. It sounds like a full cycle of going back to tertiary education. So, like, what part of that was your favourite and most memorable? What stage of the journey would you reckon? Oh, what was my most favourite? Um, probably I'm very interested in learning. So I really like learning the skills myself and I do learn them for myself and then I like to use them or share them with other people, particularly with students or with people that are high performers. So there's learning involved for me and learning involved for others. Yeah, that sounds really worthwhile and great. So with elite sportsmen, would you care to name a few of whom you worked with? And who were in the National One Day Cup at the time. And I worked with an under-18 AFL team called ACT New South Wales Rams for a couple of seasons. Alrighty. So as a psych, what would you have covered during these sessions? Like, I mean, would you have talked about how to deal with stress or like handling pressure, coping with loss? So walk me through some of these things you did with them. Uh, With the sports people, they're mainly interested in enhancing their performance. So in group sessions, it would be... How do you handle nerves before a game? Uh, It might be how do you manage when things aren't going as planned? Uh, It might be how do you recover from injury? And then with individuals in sport teams, it might be their personal issues around managing stress or managing relationships or managing anything getting in the way of a good performance. No, it sounds like it would be really useful. So... I mean, you made the transition from sports to uni. So can you tell me, you know, what are the things that uni students frequently come in to talk to counsellors about? Like I myself have used ANU counselling services, but, you know, I'm wondering, you know, generally, yeah. All right. So the big one at the moment in 2021, and it's really been the big one since I got here in 2018 or 19, 
is certainly anxiety. And a lot of students come in that are anxious about the future or they're anxious about their performance. And they get so caught up about their performance that they're in high states of anxiety. So that would be one. And secondly, a lot of students seem to have variable moods, so they can get quite depressed at times, and this is concerning for them. Some get quite depressed that they are depressed, or even sad that they're depressed, so there's a secondary side to it. A really big one is procrastination, and a lot of students leave things, assessments till the last minute, or they cram exams and they do all-nighters or they do things like that. And in the midst of their chaos, they might come in for a counselling session. And the end result of a lot of these issues is that there's sleep disturbance. So and um, many things will upset sleep and people come in around their relationships or around their family of origin is causing them some sort of grief. Uh, or they could even have issues with their supervisor if they're a higher degree student, research student. Oh, I see. So it seems like there's a lot of variation in what students come in to talk about. Um, so those are the common recurring themes. So I'm just wondering, as a psychologist, how do you provide for these students? Like, What, what do you think you need to do to be a good psychologist, firstly? And then I'll ask... Um, the flip side question, yeah. Okay, well, a, a key thing is that you've got the ability to get rapport with a wide range of people. So a wide range of students from a wide range of backgrounds. It's probably at least tw uh, students from 20 or 30 countries here. Yeah. So ability to get rapport with those, and there's a whole range of personalities within each, uh, with each person that comes in. So that would be the first thing. Uh, the second thing is probably to be able to go at a student's pace, so not too fast. Don't sort of hope put or think that they can go at uh, a very rapid pace if that isn't their experience or if they're in a lot of grief after a family death or after something happening. You really need to go at somebody's, a student's pace. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so that would be a second thing. Uh, third is certainly that you've got flexibility that you don't use the same necessarily the same techniques with everybody. So some students, some techniques or strategies or processes will be great. And for other students, those same techniques, strategies or processes won't be great. So really have to be flexible about which uh, tools from your toolbox you might apply in a particular situation. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah, sounds like um, it's a variation of factors to make a good um, counsellor psychologist. So on the flip side, um, what do you think students want from a psychologist? Well, I, I imagine the same as if I go to a psychologist, I'm after somebody I feel very comfortable with yeah, and somebody that I've got confidence in their skills and their abilities to get me to where I want to go, which might be out of a situation or into a, a better level of performance or a better level of functioning in life. So certainly yeah, yeah. confidence in all those okay. things. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So during your times working in the ANU Counselling Centre, like how long do the students need to recover or 
to develop effective coping mechanism strategies like with anxiety, depression, or hardships they're dealing with, like on average? Oh, it's, we don't have average or we don't have normal. We just have a whole lot of individual responses and it depends on the extent of whatever it may be. So let's say uh, somebody comes from a country where they've been brought up by their grandparents and while they're studying here at ANU and they get to 18, 19, 20 years of age and their grandparents that brought them up and they're very close to dies overseas and they lately they can't get home to the funeral uh you know that sort of grief may take quite a while to get over uh if the family dog has maybe passed on uh that may be sad and they may be uh, grieving for a short much shorter amount of time but still that could be an issue so uh, depends how long somebody might have had anxiety for or how long they've been depressed or how long they've been struggling with an issue. So there's uh, very much an individual we really can't stereotype yeah, uh, yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I guess it's a case-by-case basis. It's very mm-hmm. personal and depends on like the specific situation. Yeah. So during these sessions with the students, what – Walk me through some of the common therapies you go through. Like, you know, I've heard of ACTS, I've heard of CBT. Can you tell me briefly about these therapies and other therapies you've found useful? Yeah, well, um, you know, commonly cognitive behavioural therapy is out there and that's a whole range of things because we're looking at how people process information, which is the cognitive part, and we're after some sort of change or experimental uh, experimenting with behaviour, like doing something differently. And it could involve relaxation. Uh, that covers a whole range of techniques rather than uh, one particular thing. Uh, that The whole acceptance and commitment therapy can be useful for some people and uh, to be able to accept and have some compassion for yourself might be good. I I haven't trained in that. We we have had workshops and things on that, or I have been to those over the years. Um, certainly, the whole attachment side of things, which comes into schema therapy, and attachment therapy can be useful because often our, a lot of our issues stem from our original attachment with our parents. So uh, it depends a little bit like on the experience of the psychologist or the counsellor. And it, ten- it it depends on what's appropriate for the person. So, and some people may or may not want to go back to childhood stuff at all. Uh, I've done over the years di- a lot of different forms of clinical hypnosis, which I've found really helpful for breaking addic- addictions in particular and uh, well-held habits, if you like, and for people to start to explore some of the unconscious or what's in the hard drive for them yeah hypnosis sounds really really interesting can you tell us more about what it is well uh, hypnosis could be seen as we're usually going into some sort of trance state or relaxed state where somebody is fully absorbed with uh, the particular relaxed state that they're in rather than the surroundings around them 
And then when you're in that state, which could be like a very deep meditative state, you can begin to explore your history. And at that point, you can start to see things that you maybe haven't remembered, so aren't in your conscious mind, which is present moment awareness, but you can start to remember things about your past and what happened, and and then you can start to do things with that. So given your current levels of maturity and experience, if you had that when you went back to 6 or 10, what may have you have done differently? Or if your parent was different or guardian or somebody there was there to assist you, what would they have done differently or how could they have done it differently? And you can begin to look at and explore and, if you like, unwind some of the past which you're doing in a highly absorptive, relaxed state. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Um, possibly revisiting um, past traumas or like past experiences that have impacts on our present. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, also, you mentioned schema therapy, so that sounds really interesting. Uh, what's that about? Well, probably that comes into, um, if you like, storylines and it starts to go into an emotion, emotionally focused storylines and starts to go into attachment and touches on a bit of CBT and also psychoanalysis, which is really going into the nitty-gritty of uh, past schemas, they call them. So what are schemas for the listeners? Schemas are... It's almost like past narratives or past storylines. Okay, gotcha. Like threads that are continuing on now. And the ones that you do have high levels of expertise apart from hypnosis include? Uh, Neuro-linguistic programming. Okay. Which I do, NLP, uh, which is looking at the, if you like, the shell of communication and how people go about communicating and how people, models of how people perform well. So uh, certainly that would be another one that I do. And... I've done quite a bit of body-centred psychotherapy and body-centred therapies, which is looking at the role of the um, any feelings in the body or when there are certain emotions, correlated feelings in the body that could give uh, additional information to what is happening and could inform what's happening. So. Okay, that sounds interesting. So like, let's say someone has pain in the shoulders and that could correlate to, I don't know, certain emotion or like stress. Yeah, yeah you could take it that way, but yeah. you'd have to check it out okay. with the person. But if, okay. uh, let's say person always has really short, sore shoulders and neck and upper back, Yeah, we generally start to think of are they carrying a burden? A little bit like an oxen in, okay. in, say, Asia carrying the cart. Yeah, so that, that could inform uh, where a counselling or a psychology session could go. I've few techniques that you yourself practice. Do you have any advice for uni students, seeing as we are all in high-pressure situations, um, in an environment where we have to, like, complete assessments, assignments, exams, and then compete for a, a graduate position, potentially. If, 
yeah, well, what final advice would you have for students? Yeah. Well, the, the more organised you can be, the better. Yeah. The more you can get done during the day, the better. If you can set up a place where you study effectively, whether it's the library, whether it's a bedroom, whether it's a common room in a residential hall, if there's some place that works for you to do that, if you can't get started, develop a strategy to help you get started. So maybe start with uh, concentration music that's on YouTube or study music that's on YouTube or study with me, which is a program on YouTube. Use any tricks you can to get started. And uh, if you get as much as you, you can done during the day and you have triggers for getting started, that can really assist you. So we call them contextual markers, that whenever you go into the library, you do study, you don't do YouTube. Yeah. Or when you allocate some time for study, that you see if you can stick to it. And if you can't, get up, have a break, walk around, have a cup of tea, have a dance, do something. And then when you're ready to go, really see if you can stick to it. Yeah, yeah I guess finding a routine is pretty handy, hey? Like, mm. I guess having a start ignition and, yeah, whether that's getting a cup of coffee or, yeah, I'm associating certain things with study, like you said, going to library. Yeah, that's important, I guess. Yeah. The other thing I'd, I'd probably say, certainly for higher degree students, but for anybody is to have one full day off. So if you're going to have a full day off, it means during the week what you're going to do is say I've to have Saturday off or to have Sunday off, I've got to do it now. Mm -hmm. And it just compresses the rest of the week for your study and you get a whole day off guilt-free is what you're aiming for. Sure, sure. Yeah, so that would certainly assist because then the next week if you've had a whole day off, you're much more refreshed. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, like you mentioned previously, procrastination was an issue. So would... Are there any procrastination busters for, I don't know, tips for listeners out there? Um, I mean, you did yeah, briefly yeah, mention like yeah. getting into routine or like yeah. having a start ignition, like you know, yeah. walking to a library. So I'm just wondering, yeah, do you have any other advice for procrastination busters? Well, yeah, there's a thing we call a pattern interrupt. And if okay. it's really not happening for you, uh, go for a run or a walk or have a dance if you're in a residential room, you know, obviously with your headphones on, but uh, or go for a bike ride and feel the wind or go for a hike or do something and just say, okay, I'm going to ride off the next half hour and I'm just going to get out there and get this out of my system and then come back and start. So do a complete pattern interrupt. What you could do... Uh, really neat trick is to go on to TEDx and go to a lecture on procrastination. Okay. And after one of the lectures on presentations on procrastination there, some students get a little bit fired up or go and watch a motivational speech by, yeah. by Obama or, you know, by somebody that you admire along the way. Sure, sure. Yeah, so for you listeners out there, if, you know, you're not feeling it, yeah, Mark's just given you some great tips to like, you know, 
bust that procrastination, maybe you can try it out as well. Yeah, well, that's all the time we have today. Thanks, Mark, for joining us in the studio. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into Dose Wellbeing Show. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Leo signing off. Catch you next time. 